0: Do you have an Apple product? Maybe an iPhone or a MacBook? Then go to Apple Podcasts now and review You Hate to See It. We would really appreciate it. Reviewing us helps get our podcast out there and helps us find guests. Just search You Hate to See It and give us a review now. Hey, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of You Hate to See It, but Love to Hear It. I'm Adam. I'm Nick. And today we are joined by probably a face that you've seen many times. Um, He's an actor from Terminator 2, Planet of the Apes, Garfield, and many, many more. 124 movie credits, to be exact. Um, Mark Christopher Lawrence, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. There's actually more than that because I started before there was internet.
0: Oh man! <laughs> so uh well so so what are uh let's see let me pull up your imdb what what credits do you have there earlier than let's see we have uh your first credit is uh o'hara from 1987 and caddyshack two from 1988 those are your Hill first Street
1: two. blues was my first job in 1986 okay and then there was there's a bunch of stuff that that's not on there that um, I don't know either the producers had moved on out of the industry or passed away or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's a bunch of stuff that I did you know in the early years that's not on there.
0: Oh, okay, hmm, cool. So yeah. what would you what would you say your total uh, number is now?
1: Uh, probably close to two hundred.
0: Closer to two hundred. How do you have the time for all of that? <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. uh, You know, like early in career, it's like you're you're doing, you know, under fives, so you're yeah, you're one day and out, yeah. Uh, and so, and 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 it comes, you know, in bunches. Like you you'll be you working, you're busy for a while, and then you slow for a while. So yeah, there's always time. Yeah. <clears throat> um.
0: Well, so. So like I mentioned at the the top, you were in uh, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. And I was curious, like, because, you know, James Cameron's become such a huge name, uh, what differences did you notice with uh, directors like James Cameron who also wrote the script versus directors who don't write their own scripts? Like, what are some Um, of the differences?
1: Well, I think I think that the directors that write their, their own script, you know, their vision stays in one place. So mm-hmm. you don't have to they don't have to depend on somebody else understanding their vision mm-hmm. for peace. And uh, I, I think it keeps it just more coherent. Um, but then you have directors that that don't write and and they'll look at something and get on the same page with the writer or have a better idea and. Mm-hmm um you know those sometimes work out great too so it just depends on, on on who's working i guess uh
0: what was uh james cameron's uh like process like what was like when when he was directing what like how did he work
1: he's very prepared james cameron comes to work ready to go he knows what he wants to see mm-hmm. and he knows exactly how he wants it to be shot and uh he doesn't waste a lot of time, you know, fiddling around with it. He's, he's like, okay, this is the shot. We're going to set it up like this. Like that scene where um, we're in the hospital, we're chasing Linda Hamilton down the hallway. You know, we shot that scene at like three in the morning mm-hmm. and uh, we probably ran that hallway 30 times. And But he had <laughs> several cameras set up. and uh, But he knew exactly what he wanted to see. He so said, we come around in the corner. At one point, he says, hey, hey you guys need to Stay a little closer to her, and we were like, "Well, our characters are burly attendants, so yeah. <laughs> you have to slow her down." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so uh, so those thirty takes, like, did he does he give any opportunities to improvise or have a, your own voice as an actor, or is he just
1: like, "This is what I want.
0: Shut up and do your job."
1: Well, he kind of wants what he wants. Once, but then like, like I was supposed to work two days, possibly three. So they booked me for a week and then he would ask me, Hey, what would you say right here? And I'd say something. He'd go, Oh yeah, come on. And so I ended up working six weeks. Mm-hmm. And then another two weeks of pickup shots and another two weeks of looping. And so it was, it was great. It was, at the time. It was, it was my biggest job ever.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, What, uh, what was Linda, Linda Hamilton? Like what was like working with her?
1: She was very sweet, just a really sweet lady. Um, you know, she was in incredible shape. She was working out, you know, six days a week, sometimes twice a day. Um, her twin sister is in the movie as well. Oh. Um, uh, the, the, there's a scene where she's, I guess she's dreaming that this apocalypse happens. And she's hanging onto this fence, looking at the playground. That's her sister. That's not Linda. Um, but, but Linda was very sweet, very, very nice. Every day I came to work, she gave me a hug and a kiss and said, hey, <laughs> welcome to set. And and then I met her again on Chuck years later. You know, it was just, it was just still the same sweet lady.
0: Well, and speaking of Chuck, I wanted to get into that a little bit. How did that really affect your life at all? Or now, or working with the now Shazam? Like, <laughs> what was that like? <laughs>
1: Well, Zach is probably one of the uh, most generous actors I've ever worked with. He, he um, you know, really a good, good dude and very talented. And, um, you know, I mean, our cast was huge. We had 10 people in the series, regular cast. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, usually you, you would expect that there'd be some issues, but uh, no problems you know, and it was fun to go to work. And and as far as the way it affected my life, I mean, it was the longest series that I'd ever been on. You know, I'd been on uh, several series, but that's the longest one. And, you know, it, 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 one way it affected me in a negative way was that was that commercially I couldn't get out for commercials. It's like they'd say, well, he's too recognizable. Okay, make him a, make him a, a spokesperson. Uh, he's not a big enough name. It's like, well, <laughs> well that's just kind of dumb <laughs> yeah
0: uh, yeah <laughs> i mean that's definitely like well that sucks like i'm not i'm too famous and not famous enough all at the same time
1: yeah, yeah exactly 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 and that's why i'm on your podcast so people can, re- can see my name and, and put the name <laughs> with the face because <laughs> it, it directly affects what you get paid
0: We're going to rename the podcast Too Famous, but not Famous. (laughs)
2: Enough." Well, so I I saw Terminator when I was probably I want to say like 10. My dad showed it to me, which is way too young for that movie. That's (laughs) that's way too young. That was the first time I saw nudity was in Terminator.
3: Was there nudity in that? yeah there is
2: because that's the first time i saw it really yeah you, you sure you went watching the porn version of it yeah <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> i'm i am almost certain i need to go back and re-watch terminator i haven't seen it but like i'm almost certain okay. if not if not i was definitely watching the wrong movie <laughs> I, think,
0: I think i think the first one has a sex scene
1: yeah, I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't think Linda Hamilton's like full blown nude in it. I think it's yeah,
1: she like... gets knocked up. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, she at,
2: at I at the very least there was a tit shot. At the very <laughs> least, it was the '90s, '80s, and '90s. Like mm-hmm. that
0: stuff happened a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah. So after the Terminator, the the movie I know you from is Crimson Tide. Hmm. So that that's that was one of the my favorites with my dad was, that was what the- was the, the, I that's one of my all time favorite movies like just yeah. straight up um, because it's it's a huge cast because you have Gene Hackman you have Denzel Washington
1: mm-hmm. um, and a lot those, of work actors are in that thing
2: yeah the, those are the two I can name off the top of my head and those are yeah. huge names
1: yeah. And, and, and that that chemistry between the two was was pal- palpable mm-hmm. it was really 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 good
2: mm-hmm. is Denzel Washington like as nice a guy as everyone makes makes him seem
1: oh yeah it's pretty cool yes pretty cool. yeah I met him I think in 87 he used to play basketball at the Y in Hollywood <laughs> and uh uh but just you know he was a good dude yeah
0: that mm-hmm. sounds like a very Denzel thing to do <laughs> like I've never heard something to be like that's Denzel Washington so much like (laughs) I said this earlier too you were in Caddyshack 2 which uh
1: yeah that was my first movie
0: first movie what was what was that like then as being your first movie and I mean in all honesty it's not like the, the biggest or best movie, but it's still a no. good good size for you know a first role. Like what's that like? Yeah, it's it's um
1: it, it was kind of it, it really opened my eyes to sort of a pecking order of Hollywood in that um they didn't they didn't have Rodney Dangerfield. They had mm-hmm. uh Jackie Mason who really bailed them out because um Rodney didn't want to do a sequel. And so they get Jackie and they treated him terribly. And so it really kind of opened my eyes to, you know, not every set is going to be nice. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I didn't have much to do in it since I was, it was my first movie. So, but, but, you know, worked a couple of weeks and it was fun to be on a set on a movie set. Um, and then Chevy Chase, when he, when he came around, it's like, you know, everybody was kissing his butt, but but treating Jackie (laughs) Mason terribly. Yeah. And it was like, wow, this is this is really odd because Jackie is carrying your movie. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I, don't I don't get that at all.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. I watched Caddyshack 2 once like 10 years ago and i was like i think that's more than enough and that me. was enough
3: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well what, what was what was chevy chase like because i know like sometimes i hear like yeah he's a good guy and other times i hear that he's the worst person on the face <laughs> of the planet like i hear he
1: stories- was he was okay on on there and uh he, and then he did a, a arc on chuck and he was fine on chuck too i didn't have any any uh negative things to say about him in those things
0: you were also, I'm going to uh, switch into some of your uh, horror roles. You were in Child's Play 2 and Halloween 2, or Child's Play 3, My, I'm sorry, and, and then Halloween 2. What, what was your experience doing like horror slasher
1: films like that? Well, the Child's Play movie, I ended up not playing the part that I was cast to do because mm-hmm. they kept changing the start date and I was in a play. At the Los Angeles Center at the time, and so um, when it came time for me to work, um, we were in we were in tech, and my agents were like, uh, "We can't pull him out of tech rehearsals to to do this this thing that you've changed the date four or five times already." Yeah. So so then I'm at the very end of the movie, putting putting the kid in the car. Watch your head, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and that's they it. You know, they, they had to use me because they, you know, because they were going to have to pay me in anyway. So. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Yeah, that's what I was like. So, like you, like they signed like a contract of like you, whether you're in the movie or not, you're getting. paid. Yeah, once like... once you're hired, you're hired. Okay.
1: You know. And um, so it it, it it just worked out that way. And then and then, well, then, and then Halloween. Uh, too? Halloween. I actually did. I actually did both of Rob Zombie's Halloweens, and the first one. Um. Uh, what is it? Is it is it Mike Myers or is it Jason?
0: My, uh, Michael
1: Myers, yeah. So, Jason is so,
0: Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. So, so Mike Myers is supposed to come out. He goes into the, the, the. I'm a security guard at the at the facility that he's in.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. And
1: he goes into uh, my partner that I'm working with goes into the restroom, and we're like having this long conversation back and forth while he's in the restroom. I'm in the office, and so he's supposed to come in kill that guy
3: mm-hmm. and
1: then and then come into the office kill me and go through the office window. And so we were we were losing the day. It's like time was running out on the day. And so instead of him coming out of the the restroom and killing me, he just kicks open the front door and walks out. So he doesn't kill me. And and, and I was bummed because um the way zombie worked was uh he would he would say hey so here's here's what I wrote but I liked your audition I like what I like what you did at the audition so I want you to just talk just a stream of talking to this guy and so I would talk and then he'd say cut and he'd come over he say okay that was great you said this 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 and this it's like he's taking notes while I'm while I'm uh, doing my thing he says I, I need you to say those things again he says but also just keep talking I was like okay so we probably did you know six or seven takes until we had like a whole little speech and he goes okay now say all of that (laughs) and then so we'd say all that two or three times and then that was it and then and then he didn't come and kill me so then about uh while they were in post-production I get a call from from Zombie calls me at home it's like hey Mark this is Rob Zombie I was like whoa no way he goes yeah wait (laughs) he goes "Um, he says, I'm calling to tell you that um, uh, I'm cutting you out of the film because he didn't kill you. He says, I, I'm trying to get under 90 minutes. He says, and because he didn't kill you, uh, it, it doesn't really move the story. So um, don't worry. I'll get you into the next one. He says, but I want you to know it wasn't your acting. He says, you were fantastic. He says, I really love what you did. And he was true to his word. You know, the next one came around and sure enough, he put me in.
0: Um. So what what are your thoughts now on the uh, the new Halloween two that came out a couple years back, and uh, what are your thoughts on the canonicity of your of your film?
1: I didn't see it, so uh, you know it's like uh, I, I also haven't seen yeah. it. But... <laughs> you know, I you know, Zombie did a very zombie Rob Zombie kind of take mm-hmm. on it, you know, which which I thought was great for it. Um, so I, I haven't I haven't seen the, the, the one after that. So,
0: um, and can you talk a little bit about your time on uh, on Plants of the Apes and I and talk a little bit about tim burton i always hear of tim burton from other people like him like johnny depp and helena Boehm carter i never hear about what tim burton's like from you know a normal human being (laughs) 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 Um,
1: uh, again it was one of those situations where they kept moving my start date okay and um so i I literally was almost not in it because i was i was in a play it's like it's like you know the good thing about actually being able to act, yeah. <laughs> is you can you can go from one thing to the next. You can if you need a job, you can do a play. And and um, uh, they kept moving the start date. And finally, I, I get a call one day from the from the ad saying, "Hey, uh, we have you on a schedule tomorrow." I said, "Uh, nope, can't work tomorrow." I said, "Get call my agent." And so they go back and forth with the agent, you know, of how to get me to work. Uh, because I was in, once again, I was in tech rehearsals for for the play, and um, this time I was in San Diego working, and and so it came down to, uh, we will send a car to pick him up, bring him to set, shoot him out, and get him back to the theater by noon, and uh, I get there, and Tim Burton comes up, gives me a handshake. He says, hey, I'm so glad we could get you. He says, I really you know, wanted, to, wanted to work with you he says he says he says i love what you did the audition love your face he says so okay. i want you in there and um uh really uh i i had, I had been a big tim burton fan from from nightmare before christmas
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know that that's like one of my that's my favorite christmas movie i think <laughs> and um uh, so it was it was great to be able to work with him and watch him work. He he's another one of those guys that knows what he wants to see. And um, you know, in in that short time that I was there on set, you know, you you could see his meticulousness. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is the way this needs to be. And and he got what he asked for, you know, it was very cool.
0: Did you get to see any cool stuff, or because I know you were in the party scenes, but so did you get to see any yeah. cool Planet of the Apes stuff, or
1: no, no, Was it I, just I, normal? I um, I, you know, like I, I live in San Diego, so I, I would take the train to LA a lot, and uh, one day we started seeing from the train on this one stretch these giant sort of red tents, and we were like, "What the heck is that?" And it turned out they were the tents in... Planet of the Apes. Yeah. So that was probably the coolest thing I saw. It was just, you know, out the window of the train there's all of a sudden these giant tents over there. <laughs> and I guess that was the place that was making the tents.
0: Um, so you've mentioned that you've done some some stage work and been in theaters that almost oh, yeah. cost you some film roles because of the films are stupid and conflict. But so... Um, What's our, uh, I see that you've been in uh, A Midsummer's Night's Dream, which to me is like the one Shakespeare play that everyone's been in at some point or another. <laughs> um, what what was, uh, what's some of your highlights of theater and some of your lowlights possibly? Well, I think
1: I think probably, well, my, my lowest light was when I was in college. I did a play called Jim Dandy uh, by William Soroyan. It's the, the first reading of the play and, and our first, stable read it was almost four and a half hours and so the director cut the play down to 90 minutes so people that that were in the play that had had major roles were now almost extras in the play (laughs) (laughs) and and so that was that was probably the low light of of my theater career Uh, highlight uh, was my very first play um, which was at the Los Angeles Theater Center it was Anthony Cleopatra and uh, you know, made some great friends out of there. John Goodman being one of them. And uh, it was it was before John started doing Roseanne. In fact, he auditioned for Roseanne while we were in tech for Anthony <laughs> <laughs> Um Then, uh, I, probably my favorite works have been some of the August Wilson pieces. I did. I played Gabriel and Fences. Um, uh-huh. Which, which is probably the role that uh, in theater, you know, I always say, you know, I've never exhausted a role. It's like, uh, there's always more and I wish we had another couple of weeks. Um, but that particular role is like, from day one, I knew who he was. And by the time we were in front of an audience, it, I was just, you know, for lack of a better term, killing it. Yeah. And, uh, one, of, one of my friends that I've known for since childhood came to see the play and she said it was probably the best compliment I've ever had you know about my acting was she says uh when you came on stage she says I didn't see you at all Mm -hmm. she says you were a different person she says I think this is the best thing I've ever seen you do which was you know and for for me I think I think it, it that's there's truth in that statement at that point. And then I did, um, uh, uh, what is it, Piano Lesson, which is also an August Wilson play. And, you know, just a fantastic role and, you know, had, had a great time with it, Got great critical reviews, except one guy, <laughs> it was one guy who said, you know, I, I was getting reviews like, uh, Marcus Lawrence is a tour de force. And then and then I, I, I get this this one reviewer who talks about the whole play, never mentions me. I'm the lead in the show, <laughs> never mentions me until the last paragraph. He goes, Mark Christopher Lawrence. Eh, I don't know if I if I'm feeling what everybody else is feeling. <laughs> 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 so I, I cut that out and put it on my, my dressing room mirror. <laughs> I, I want to see that every every night before I hit the stage. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, and then, and then I did, uh, I think the last plays I did were um, uh, A Raisin in the Sun. Mm-hmm. And I took a week off and then jumped right back into another play, Top Dog, Underdog, and San Diego Critics Circle. Um, I was nominated for Best Actor for both of those plays. So there were six nominations in the best acting category, San Diego Critics Circle, um, uh, the Critics Awards, which uh, they're called uh, the, I keep wanting to say Noel Coward, but it's not. Anyway, San Diego Critics Circle Awards. i um, Some competing against myself (laughs) (laughs) for Best Actor. I mean, then, I feel like that's a good position to be in. Yeah. It's like, well, if I don't well, win, I, think, I guess I win. Like, right? I think I had two shots at it. Yeah. And and so they they announce the winner in that category is not me. Oh. And then they start talking about uh, this person who played such and such and this that and the other. And then the, my director for both of those plays was sitting in front of me at the at the award ceremony, and she just started screaming when they started talking about it. And it uh, turns out I ended up winning Outstanding Actor of the Year, you know. Okay, so, okay I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's pretty good,
0: you know. <laughs> um, well, I, I was, uh, I looked up the Top Dog, Underdog, and was just reading the premise of it because I'd never heard of it. And and that's, like, I, uh, I have a film degree and I went to college and had to see plays all the time that yeah. were performed by college and i saw a lot of like these m- more nuanced plays and i felt like like reading that premise like that was an interesting premise to me where and so how is that and because you played a character named lincoln semi based off of abraham lincoln but a different person like how is that working out
1: well it was it was basically what it is the, the character the, the character would you know his day job be dressed as lincoln Mm -hmm. and his name just happened to be lincoln and uh he and his brother lived in this little studio apartment and um uh the play is is really about their relationship you know and his brother's
0: name is booth right
1: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and by the end of the play you can imagine what happens
0: (laughs) yeah um did you try and take you know any traits or anything from abraham lincoln for that play or did you kind of
1: no because i mean it's 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 really set in an urban environment and and uh susan lori parks um you know william shakespeare writes in iambic pentamer a lot of times Mm -hmm. um august wilson writes with a blues pentamer susan lori parks wrote this play with a jazz pentamer and so when you're working, it's like there's a rhythm to it. And when the rhythm is off, you can tell. It's like, it just doesn't flow right. And um, uh, luckily I was, I was working with an actor, uh, Lawrence Brown, who uh, you know, you, you will probably know his name because from the first time I worked with him, I said, you are gonna be huge because he's, he's really a fantastic actor. So he and I were working together on this and uh, every night, you know, we would, we would run the lines just to make sure our rhythm was right. Before the show, we'd, we'd run the lines. And the one time that we didn't do it, he had an audition up in LA and drove back down, fought traffic. And it was our last dress rehearsal before we opened. And it was terrible. It's like, we didn't run the lines and the, the, the thing was out of sync, it just didn't click. And the director said, That sucked. (laughs) That was her only note. She goes, I don't know what happened between last night and tonight, but that sucked. You guys need to fix that. (laughs) She says, that's all my notes. Go home. Fix it. (laughs) And then opening night, you know, it exploded and was just an incredible, incredible piece. Yeah. Uh, Susie Laurie Parks won a Pulitzer Prize for So, you know, just a fantastic uh, piece of work. Yeah.
2: I don't think I've thought about um, the timing in plays. I haven't thought about the rhythmic rhythmic timing timing, in plays. Thank you. I don't know where my (laughs) brain went. Um, I haven't thought about that since my eighth grade musical. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for bringing that back up. So
0: how would you... (laughs) Uh, because Shakespeare is also very rhythmic and heavy and things like that. How would you compare the two experiences of doing Midsummer Night's Dream to Top Dog Underdog and the rhythm of how to say your lines?
1: Well, clearly two different two different ways to work. I mean, Shakespeare presents its own challenges in that we don't talk like that every day. Yeah. You know, it's like, and, it's, and, and, and you spend, you know, for me anyway, I spend the first week of rehearsal, you know, just trying to get those words into my mouth. And then once, you know, I get past that part of it, then, you know, you're dealing with the the, the extra, the, the acting work, what do I want? And and uh, trying to go after it. And and as you're working, you don't really think about it, you, about the rhythm and the pace, and it's the director's job to make sure you, you, you're on it, mm-hmm. you know, and and um, it, it, it has to do with the way uh, you're saying words in the way the actor that you're playing with s- are saying words. And, and if, um, if the pace is not right, then the director has to go, okay, look, I need this pace to click a little more, blah, 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 blah whatever. And so um, I never really think in terms of that. I just think in terms of, you know, uh, the basic objective of my character, what does my character want? And then how do I go about getting it? even when the writer doesn't give it to you, you still have to play that you're trying to get what you want.
3: Yeah. Mm.
0: So, so, uh, so, so doing both, what, what are some of the things you like and dislike about both mediums doing film and television versus theater performance? Mm. And what, what do you think? I mean, cause there's, I know there's positives and negatives to both. So yeah. like, how would you compare them? What would you say well, you like about them?
1: Well, I, I, first of all, I don't think that, that, that there's, there's any negatives in performing, you know, um, because, you know, you're not out digging a ditch in 114 degree heat. Yeah. <laughs> <It's there. laughs> you know what I mean, it's, it's compared a to charm. a lot of jobs, it's pretty nice. <laughs> it's a charm. I was driving down the freeway the other day and I saw a guy in one of those pumping trucks and he goes to sites, um, like construction sites, and pumps out their, their porta potties. I was like, mm. you know, my job sometimes ain't fun, but it ain't that. Yeah. <laughs> right? um, so 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 I so I always find the positive in the work, and and um, as a stand-up, as a stage actor, I think I like that more than filming TV uh, because of the immediate feedback. You you know, as a stand-up, if you suck right now,
3: <laughs>
1: and and probably should get off that joke and get to another one that works better. And uh, you know, in a play, the only thing that you have control over is is your day, what happened with you throughout the day. And you don't know what your your scene partners have gone through. You don't know what the audience has gone through. So you have to be present in the moment and as you as you're working, then you you find a way to make the scenes work, no matter how the your scene partners give you the line. Mm-hmm. And um that immediate feedback, you affect people immediately. Like after raising the son one one matinee, this this little lady comes up to me with tears in her eyes. And she said to me, she says, We just didn't get it right, did we? And I was like, I just gave her a hug because she's like, you are know, sobbing. And and you know, when you have that kind of of power to affect to affect people's emotions, you know, in that way, whether it's laughter or, 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 or in her case, I, I felt like some serious like white guilt. <laughs> she was yeah. like feeling guilty, and, and um, when you affect people in that way, you know, it's it, it, I think it's you you have a responsibility to uh, put your best foot forward every time. Film and TV, you don't have any control over. You, can, you do what you do and then hope that the editor does right by you or, 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 or helps you out. Yeah. Um, for example, in Pursuit of Happiness, the scene where Will Smith comes to me to get the get the $14. Mm-hmm. And he's got his little boy with him. My best take was the second take. I remember it vividly because Will wouldn't watch the, the monitor. He came back. He said, man, that was great. And he goes, you want to see it? I said, no, nah, I don't like to watch myself. Because i will be trying to fix it. Yeah. and so uh his <clears throat> best take was probably number five or number six and they used his best take and i get yeah. it <laughs> when you're paying that kind of money yeah that's <laughs> i get it you you want him to to, to to do what he does um so so i love the live stuff because of that immediate feedback
3: well
0: i like as a audience member i i mean i'm I love movies but as an audience member I do much prefer watching theater because and especially when it's good theater like even doing it when I was watching it in college which is where I watched most of the live performances I got to see like being able to have the feel the emotion in the room with you and like Like when you're watching on screen, like these extended periods of like silence that you need for like the unspoken things happening between two actors, like it it doesn't feel the same as living in that space with them. Like, and so I much prefer that kind of stuff. And probably the closest thing I've had to that um, since college is um, because I work as a production assistant on things in the Chicagoland area And Mm -hmm. I I did, uh, I was on The Big Leap with uh, Scott Foley. Oh, yeah. And I I worked on the pilot of that. And, you know, I was sitting in an auditorium after, I mean, I think we spent maybe four hours watching one shot happen of people dancing up on a stage uh, over and over again. And then there was, like, Scott Foley and uh, I'm trying to remember... The I, I don't remember the actor's name that he was talking to, but they were watching the performance of these people up on stage and mm-hmm. and they had like a private moments going on. And you know, they had they at, at the end they had the people on stage leave and they were just going to now focus on this private moment that was happening while people are up dancing on stage. And right. so the whole theater is completely silent. And he's uh Scott Foley's character is like deeply he's trying to he wants a specific dancer to be on their thing, whatever they're doing. I only watched the first episode because I worked on it. Um and and like like and I like sitting there in awe, like almost in tears of like I'm seeing like like it was beautiful. Like what I was watching was, was just between two people and being in the room with them as they're acting. And I just got to sit there and be an audience member while working. And that was beautiful. And then I watched the show and felt nothing when I saw it. I was like, <laughs> I was so excited for that, for that scene. And because I was like, the the atmosphere in the room for me was like, it was like life changing for me. And then I watched it and I was like, yeah, that sucked. And <laughs> moved on. <laughs> <So I'm> like, <laughs> I, wish, I wish everyone could have the chance to just like watch things being recorded because that's so much more powerful to me
1: oh yeah yeah I, I think I think um that's, that's one thing I'm, I'm not liking about the pandemic in that you know we're auditioning on zoom and you know self-taping and you don't have the energy in the room that that you have when you have people in there
0: right you know? I, yeah I even I wish like it was like first of all that you know podcasting was easier to do this with in general but like i wish i could be sitting in the same room as you like to have yeah. a better connection than just what we're doing here on zoom
1: yeah but yeah <clears throat> maybe we'll do it again when, if i'm in chicago you know, playing uh what's, what's in chicago this club there that works oh,
0: i literally we were just talking to uh mark scheffler the other day and he was talking second about a couple second yeah there's second city there's mm-hmm. um, that's not no, one that's, I, that's I not a
1: stand-up club that's um sick city is improv yeah okay. there's
0: the the, sh- the shrine i think
1: i want to say z- zanies or
0: zanies i think i think i remember mark saying something about that um yeah well and speaking of stand-up um i saw this was like so this is not long after we scheduled you for for the recording today um i'm friends uh with uh we're pretty good friends with dan bublitz jr Oh yeah. Who uh, I saw he posted a picture of you at the speakeasy in Colorado doing yeah. stuff. So what what's stand up like? What's the difference with doing stand up and, you know, theater and film and stuff like that? And
1: well, how- stand up and theater are very similar in, in energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, except you don't have scene partners, you work by yourself. And uh and, and generally when people try to hit, try to work with me while I'm on stage, I try to help them stop. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's your most fun, like, forced improvised bit of one of your stand-ups
1: Um, uh, I I don't know that there's that there's a favorite because I, I like to do my stuff. You, you know? like to I, do your bits I, like I'm writing them. I want to. Yeah. I want to say them. And so so I hate when people jump in to help. So you know whatever comes to my mind, I pretty much say it. Yeah. I think probably the the, the most Fun when I was doing comedy at a church one time. And this little kid uh, during my setups, he was like agreeing with me and he's like right down front sitting next to his mom. And he, and he just kept talking during the setup. So finally I went, I'm gonna give you a present. And so I pretended I made him a present and I said, now hold your hands out. And I tossed it over to him, I said, catch it. And he catches it, I said, now open it up. And he opens it and I said, you know what it is? And he goes, no, I said, it's a sack of hush. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm. I'm
0: stealing that. I hope That's you actually, know. I'm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking it's, that for something. I don't know what I'm going to use
1: it for, but it's funny because that pastor said to me after he said he said he said the same thing. He said, he said I'm stealing that. He said I'm going to use it on Sundays because there's some some parents that need a sack of hush.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of doing comedy and doing church things, you worked
1: on shout. So it's it's. it's it's gospel music and and um uh comics that are squeaky clean
3: okay that are,
1: you know um, and most of them i think on on that show i think they all all were christians so um so shout me a gospel comedy so it's gospel music and, and stand-up comedy it's it's i had a plan to do like 10 of those Mm-hmm. and then my business partner uh passed away suddenly and sort of took the wind out of my sales i only did get two and then we stop i may i may revisit it um gonna find somebody else to pay for it though yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> whenever you're looking for someone to pay for it don't don't come knocking on our doors because we don't have the funds for ourselves
1: <laughs> yeah hilarious no um yeah, yeah. Bublitz was. I, I was in. I was in Colorado doing a film, doing doing a, a faith based film called "Lying Together." It's a Christmas Christmas film that hopefully it'll be out this this year. But we were at uh, nine thousand sixty eight feet up at Estes Park for most of it, and man, that air is thin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! it was. That was wheezing. up. <laughs> Thats what I thing about that show Mountain Man. is like it's like yeah. I, I don't know how you hunt like that. It's like the animals would hear me coming a mile away. <laughs> who, who does that sound? <laughs> <laughs> um, so
0: so as a, a performer yourself, who are who do you think has given some of the best performances and who or who do you? Who do you think we should be looking out for right now? Of stuff coming out soon, like in anything, theater, film, whatever.
1: Um, I, I don't know. There's, there's, there's so many. This, there's, there's so many people that that are, um, you know, just brilliant, brilliant actors. Um, it's it's hard to say. You know, I, I often get asked, you know, who's my favorite? It's like I don't have a favorite. I, I, Gary Oldman, I love. Jessica Lange I love James O Jones, I love there's so many people. Um and I don't know what's coming out. I I haven't been paying attention. I you know, because I haven't been to the to the theaters, so I, I haven't really been watching. I, I know the minion there's a minions movie coming out because I, <laughs> I I did I did a commercial for Liberty Mutual and it's it's sort of in conjunction with minions. So I'm <laughs> I may go watch that. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for coming on to the show, uh, Mark. Do you have anything of yourself to plug? Where are you? What's coming up for you?
1: Um, family camp. Um, May 13th, a film that I did uh, in the middle of the pandemic. It was uh, back in June of 2020. We shot in Oklahoma. But I was more worried about, you know, we're shooting at this campsite.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And the second AD, by the time I left, had pulled 26 ticks off of himself. Oh, so I was more worried about getting, getting oh. ticks and Lyme disease than, than yeah. I was about getting COVID. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, but, but that movie is really funny, The Skit Guys. I don't know if you are familiar with those dudes. They're, they're called The Skit Guys. You should look them up. They're okay. very funny and it's, it's their movie and they are hysterical in it. Uh, May 13th in theaters. And then, uh, you know, my dry bar comedy special, mark christopher lawrence clean out of compton check that out
2: huh.
1: <laughs> i and, like that name <laughs> yeah. really i like
3: that one that's good <laughs>
1: it's really good yeah so so uh and that's about it I'll, I'll send you i'll send you links to to it so you can you can check it out <laughs> all
0: right yeah i appreciate it yeah thanks for listening to this week's episode everyone and thanks so much to mark christopher lawrence for hopping on the show
1: Thanks for having me, I appreciate you. And you know, follow me on, on, on IG. Uh,
0: if you liked this episode, come tell us your thoughts and join the conversation over on Facebook. Just give us a follow, give us a like, and let us know what you think. Also, you can share it with people from Facebook. Share it to your friends, share it to your family. Share it to the weird Facebook group that you just randomly post things in every once in a while. We would really appreciate any of the support you can give us. You can also help us out by becoming a patron to the podcast. By becoming a patron, you get access to our private Discord server, our monthly movie review podcast, and you even get access to the unedited video version of the episode that you've just listened to. Um, all the links are in the description down below. Um, okay, haters, that's it for this week. You hate to say goodbye, but we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.